There has been a rise in popularity with books containing sexually explicit material. Authors like Devney Perry, Rena Kent, Colleen Hoover, and several others have taken over the TBRs of women readers everywhere. I think this is actually a really big deal because of some of the long-term ramifications and a topic that we need to be discussing as women. Tune in today as we dive in on Heaven and Health. Welcome to the Heaven and Health podcast. I'm your host, Brittany LaBeouf. I'm excited to talk to you about today's topic. I've done some research diving into it and thinking through exactly how I want to discuss this. And my goal is to simply shed some light on the concerns that I have with this culture that we've created of women reading what's commonly called smutty books. For those of you who may not be familiar, smutty books are stories, usually a book or a fan fiction that includes one or more sexually explicit scenes. The type of sexually explicit scenes can vary quite a bit. Personally, I think the more this is culturally accepted, women-centric version essentially of pornography. So I'm going to preface this episode by saying that I personally have not read any of these books. I only learned about these because I used to follow some bookstagrammers whose like entire online presence is book centered and these are the types of books that they read. And so like a bookstagrammer is basically someone who just they post about the books that they read, they give reviews, etc. And I like to read. And so I follow, I, you know, I follow different accounts or whatever, or whatever based on this. Um, but I well, well, I'll get into that in a second. So I'm going to just take you through some of this. So bookstagrammers basically post books that they're reading with ratings, a brief synopsis, etc. And I <laughs> used to follow a bookstagrammer and I began noticing that they were setting up their book reviews using these acronyms and terminology that I did not understand, I was not familiar with. And so I started Googling the terms. And let's just say I was blown away and mortified and it just yikes so i'm going to read a few of the terms that i learned that were just absolutely abhorrent to me um and then i just stopped following people who did this but this is how i kind of discovered it so the first term we have is non-con this is an abbreviation for non-consensual or non-consent that's used primarily in dark erotica or dark romance fiction in place of the term rape as a shorthand for scenarios in which one or more participants is forced into sex. Next, we have Rape Mance. This is a story in which the heroine discovers that she enjoys sex after being raped by the hero with whom she subsequently falls in love. Next, we have Paranormal Romance, often abbreviated PNR. This is a romance that involves paranormal, fantasy, or sci-fi settings, usually involving werewolves, shifters, vampires, etc. So these are just a few of the terms I was seeing come up over and over and over again. And there are many others. If you Google, they have entire dictionaries. In fact, the person that I was following at the time posted some uh, like stories that had master definitions of all of these terms because there are so many abbreviations that it can be really confusing. And I was just, I couldn't even, I, my jaw was on the ground. So these are... Uh, stories that just come up over and over again, including plots. There's an also another really popular one where there's a large age gap and often includes a minor and an adult. 
Um, and also there's often a control dynamic or inappropriate relationships such as a teacher and a student. And so <laughs> this is not a comfortable conversation. These are these terms are not something that we should just be casually throwing around, let alone should we be reading novels that include these plot lines as a perfectly acceptable romance. Um, I mean, it should go without saying that normalizing and romanticizing pedophilia, rape, or sexual immorality is not okay, nor does it contribute to a healthy and thriving society. Yet we have women consuming this material in droves without thinking twice about the impact it has on their psyche, their view of sex, and the long-term impacts on their worldview. And so I'm going to discuss three reasons of many, there are several, but three kind of big reasons that I think we should avoid reading books like these and um, just have our guard up and be able to, you know, discern what is appropriate and what is not. So the first one is, the first reason I have is that rape should never be romanticized, period. Honestly, this should not even have to be said. It's really sad to me when I learn that there's a whole genre of books that include the topics of rapemance and non-con as a perfectly acceptable plotline. I was, I was just blown away. To make things even worse, one of the accounts that I was following was a professing Christian. You guys, like this is why we need to be so careful about the content that we consume. This goes back to my episode about mommy influencer culture too. In the Bible, in Matthew 7, 16, it says you will know them by their fruits. So you, you just, you cannot always take someone at their word. Um, there is absolutely nothing God honoring or glorifying about rape. Full stop. When we read content from authors who try to romanticize rape, we are redefining rape and its consequences. Rape is a crime. Okay. <laughs> Rape deserves justice. Rapists deserve justice for their crimes. Now, is it possible for a woman or man to experience that horrific crime and for God to heal them and use that experience to glorify him? Yes, but that's because God is a redeemer, not because rape isn't a crime. It's a disgusting act that should never be normalized much less used as a plot line over and over again in romance novels to consume for our entertainment. Number two, desensitization to sexual immorality has very real long-term consequences. Sexual immorality means neglecting or defying God's law of sexual relations. A lot of things fall into sexual immorality, including non-consensual relationships, particularly when a minor is involved. Now, as a side note, <laughs> I was recently thinking about this because I used to watch a show called Pretty Little Liars. I don't know if any of you are familiar. If you are a millennial, you may be familiar with this. Uh, you probably remember this show from when we were younger. And it featured several problematic relationships and scenarios, including with one of the main characters. And I just kept thinking about this and how I just can't believe that this was so okay. So in that show, one of the first episodes, the, one of the main characters uh, starts a relationship with a guy she meets at a, a bar, I think it was, who was an older graduated college student. She's in high school. And um, if it turns out that that man, she meets him the next day at school, it's her teacher. And so her name is Aria, and she has a sexual relationship with her teacher. And to make 
matters worse, the show really was set up to get the viewer to actually want Arya and her teacher to continue their obviously inappropriate relationship and like root for them along the way. I look back and think like how in the world did this show not get more black backlash for this plot line? Like how did the adults on set think this was okay? How did the parents of the minors who were the actors in this show think it was okay? And I was just totally disturbed the more that I thought about it. And the truth is Hollywood, just like these actors, knows what they're doing. They can subtly drop in these inappropriate aspects of the plot so that readers become desensitized to it and think nothing of it. And that's, I mean, that's what happened to me. There may have been times that I was like, oh, like, that's a little weird. Obviously, it was inappropriate, but not enough for me to be like up in arms about it or anything. So in Pretty Little Liars, the character who falls in love with her teacher, she doesn't tell the teacher that she's a minor at first. So to the viewer, it's the thought of, oh, well, he didn't actually know that she was a minor when they first kissed and then he fell in love. Okay. But then he did know. And for the remainder of the seven seasons of the show, many of the plots revolve around them keeping their relationship a secret, which demonstrates that they knew it was wrong. Obviously, especially the teacher who was an adult. We cannot consume content like this and then wonder why the government is trying to pass legislation that essentially grooms our children by presenting them sexually explicit material. It is all related. This desensitization to sexually sexuality and being presented in public settings and even celebrated is a huge cultural shift that we need to press up against, especially as Christians. Watching public officials get spanked by drag queens and proudly posted to social media is not acceptable. This would not even have been a controversial statement 10 years ago. At the time I'm recording this, there was recently a video that went viral that the mayor of Burbank, California, he posted a video of himself getting spanked by a drag queen as if it were just something totally normal to do and totally awesome to share with the internet. It's just perverted. As a culture, we need to stop normalizing everything. It's gone way too far. And when it comes to sexuality, the romanticization of inappropriate sexual relationships will be one of the biggest fights of our lifetime because we have slowly been desensitized to it over time that things that were considered absolutely inappropriate before are now considered normal and accepted. And if you don't accept it, you're the crazy one. We're looking around thinking, how the heck did we get here? And we're going to continue saying that by reading and consuming this filth and not pushing back against it. Even if we do it in secret. Okay, let's move on to the third and final point. Point number three. It distorts and perverts our view of sexuality. I see this topic of reading smutty books as essentially equivalent or adjacent to pornography. While society tries to push the, the narrative that pornography use is healthy and harmless, I cannot disagree more. I think one of the many reasons we need to guard our hearts and minds from this material is because it warps our perception of sex. Now, let me just say this as a side note. As a Christian, I do believe that the church should do a better job equipping Christians for sex and talking about sex because when they don't, people look to secular sources to learn and the result can be really, really bad. 
I'll definitely do a standalone episode about this at some point in the future, but I just wanted to say that I do understand that the reason a lot of Christians may turn to other content, even though I believe it to be the incorrect solution, is because they don't know what to think. So the world's standards for sexuality are very different from God's standards. The world wants to normalize behaviors that God specifically condemns. And when you consume material that is oppositional to God's word, it can make you question the truth. The enemy can use those images and those storylines to plant seeds of discontentment in your own marriage and sex life. It can contribute to you holding your partner to unfair standards. It can make you feel insecure about your own body and your own sexuality. It could lead to addiction to consuming this type of material. I mean, I think about that bookstagrammer that I used to follow, the, the professing Christian. She consumed dozens of these books every single month. And I, I literally mean probably more than 30 books a month. She was a very avid reader, and this was the only genre that she read. Now, just imagine what consuming that much material like this does to your psyche. Think about how it affects how you view the world and your relationships. You become what you consume. We would never think that it's healthy or encourage people to consume this much pornography. Well, maybe some people, some crazies would, but... By and large, we understand that pornography is not a healthy addiction. So we really need to consider this in the same vein. Is reading smutty books bringing you closer to God? No. <laughs> I would really love to hear an argument for that. This isn't to condemn anyone, but I do think that we need to think deeply about this topic and not live like the world because this type of material is just so disturbing and the more that we act like it's acceptable and okay the more it's just going to start infiltrating everywhere and that's just not what i would like to see happen in our culture so those are my thoughts and cautions about this genre of books i think we just need to be careful like i said about how we let things influence our lives. Like we should filter everything through scripture. Don't do that. Don't do this because like I'm saying that you shouldn't read these books, but really think about, you know, what does the Bible say about the material that we consume and is what I'm reading God glorifying? Like, would I be okay if Jesus is sitting sitting right here next to me and I'm reading out loud the book that I'm reading? You know, in reality, like Jesus knows that you're reading that, but you know what I'm saying. If you'd be embarrassed to read the book that you're reading out loud to your church, you know, maybe that could be an inclination that it might not be appropriate to consume as a Christian. Um, so that's all for that. I'll be back next week with an interview that I am very excited for y'all to hear. Uh, thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you like it, give it a five-star review, share it with a friend, and I will see you next week. <laughs>